Hello everyone, I'm Ricardo Deacon. And I'm Orla Magilis. And you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. Welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns picking movies that the other person hasn't seen, then we watch them separately and meet to discuss them. This week's film is chosen by Orla. It is Camera Person from 2016, directed by Kirsten Johnson, produced by Kirsten Johnson and Marlon Ness. Written by Doris Baisley and Lisa Friedman, starring Kirsten Johnson, music by Wellington Bowler, Carla Kilstead, and Dino Rezegbigovic. Cinematography by Kristen Johnson, edited by Nels Bangerter and David Teague as consulting editor. Uh, Synopsis is, cinematographer Kirsten Johnson exposes her many years behind the camera through a memoir made up of decades of footage shot all over the world. Uh, it doesn't say that it is for documentaries. Um, <laughs> no, it's vague, but I mean, it pretty much sums up, I suppose, vaguely what the film is. <laughs> so Orla, why did you pick camera person? Because I am a camera person. Uh, no, I, I think this is a very moving film. Um, obviously, like I connect with it. and I think you hopefully connected on it as not just like a filmmaker, but also as a camera person. Um uh, but I think what is probably most successful about it is she manages to kind of weave the story. I mean, within that synopsis, you know, it's got the word memoir in it. But I think that she's weaving it as a personal, but also a very kind of universal story, which is a phrase I don't really like, but it feels appropriate here. Um, I think there's a lot of things going on in this documentary that that synopsis doesn't quite point to. But um, I think that this documentary kind of sits with you afterwards and you kind of like reveals itself quite slowly I think I remember when I watched it and I was like where is this going it felt quite I don't know like you were getting these strange little snapshots but I feel like as the film progresses it very much draws you in and I think she's looking at like not just sort of very not pointedly but you know aggressively in some ways kind of the the ethics of documentary um but also I think sort of more subtly even than like the you know, like the mechanics of filmmaking and how you actually construct a documentary and what what is involved, how you actually set up the shots, how you, you get information out of people and all those things. But I think there's also elements of like, you know, the memories of, of not just people, but places and the horror left behind and how places are haunted. Um, Something that we keep coming back uh, yeah, to. Yeah, interesting, interestingly enough. But um, I think she tackles some very, very interesting topics in this and it's funny like just going back to the ethics of this it made me think an awful lot of um Richard who was a lecturer of ours um shout out to Richard uh <laughs> and we did like a we did a module on documentary and I remember I think we did at least a class on the ethics of documentary and I could imagine him now showing this um yeah. but I think that like really this film teaches you as much about the ethics as like an entire module on the subject would um without it being very blatant about it um so yeah I think that I would hope that this film would touch people even if they they don't make films or if they're not even as into films say as we are um but uh yeah obviously you're as maybe a little bit as biased as I am but uh, I was interested to see what you uh, what you thought of it anyways Oh, so it's my turn. It's your turn now. Perfect. Uh, Much less rambling than usual, which is very good. Um, I'm not the rambler in this. Oh, no, I'm talking in general. Like, I'm not not (laughs) pointing fingers at you. Like, uh, uh, It's your turn now. Yes. uh, The mic is yours. Of 
three things to address uh, first. Uh, oh, I feel oppressed as a man because this camera person, it should be camera woman, you know, just saying. I know, it's almost like she was making a point with yeah, that title. Yeah, like that's it. <laughs> Obviously, I'm <coughs> just making a point that she was making a point to her oh, character yeah. Yeah, and it has it. right kind of thing. Uh, the other two things is that I knew that two words would come up um, in your intro. Uh-huh. And it were two words that I had to struggle not to laugh at listening to because they're just random words that the Coen brothers made funny. One is memoir. <laughs> <laughs> memoir. <laughs> Um, every time that I hear somebody go, I just manage. I like that movie more and more. The more I like the distance I have from it, I remember not liking it as much when I saw it. But we yeah. saw it in first year. We college. did. Yeah. I still have the ticket. Sorry, we're talking about Bird After Reading, yeah. by the way. In case anybody didn't get and John Malkovich it calls it like a memoir or something. And he says it so many times. And uh, the other one is the ethics from the opening, uh, the opening <laughs> Rambo from uh, Miller's Crossing when. Uh, when oh. the dude is like this is about ethics I'm sick and tired of the high hat and there's also definitely a funny use of uh, the word ethics in Barton Fink I'm pretty sure yeah yeah, 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 like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like certainly like uh, ethics is one word that the Con brothers seem to enjoy particularly like it's, it has a kind of nice ring to it but it's um, ethics yeah, the, the, this is kind of a <laughs> digression there. The original digression no. was uh, on point. But mm. these two, it's just personal little it's size. Right. But as the for the film, uh, like one of the second or third shots in the movie, when she's in Utah and the text appears saying, Utah, wherever the fuck she is in Utah. Yeah. And she's just With recording a road. Yeah. yeah. And after the lightning, you hear her gasp. Yeah. And then I knew that this movie was going to be good. It's, it's so like great. you know how I always <laughs> and come she back sneezes to... and the camera moves. It's yeah, so like, great. <laughs> the, but also like that kind of look and the serendipity of uh, documentary filmmaking that is yeah. like so. It, like it's the saying that you can't uh, score a goal if you don't kick the ball. Like you can miss it, but like you have to be there to kick the ball, kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, but I've mentioned it a few times in the podcast that. Especially movies like this that are without form, it requires a lot of trust from the audience to the director. Mm. And it's very important to gain that trust early on because you're kind of having to go with the director Their wherever they're going kind of thing. Were, yeah. And in this case, this is another one that uh, the director straight away is like, yeah, okay, you, you, you do what you do. And I'm I'll alone. stay here. And I'll do what I do, that is sit and usually try to shit on a movie. Um, <laughs> not today. But not today. Thank like, the uh, Lord. <laughs> I really, really, really enjoyed it. I found it incredibly moving. Uh, sometimes ethically questionable that I'll yeah. get to, uh, to it. Uh, but same time, I think that she's making a point of both sides. But I disagree altogether with her decision in the end. Yeah. Um, at the time. At the time. And... The having the material yeah um the ethics issue that i have really is the kids and the mom being in it but it's it's because they can't oh, give consent okay. yeah. to everybody else even if they don't understand the power a filmmaker has like the the family in bosnia that then she shows the yeah, footage she includes to, that, that she did yeah 
but even if she hadn't shown it like she the parents were given consent in a way yeah to, uh, for the kids but that's less ropey but at the same time your kids is kind of you're using your like you're breaking a barrier the exist family wise yeah it works in the movie as in to show since it is a memoir the when the bosnian family refer back to uh you should bring the kids yeah, over see, so see, see how, where yeah. you're where, where you spend yeah. kind of thing but in this case it's like it works film wise but uh, maybe if it was that when they're running around you just see she had it when just the back of their heads or like their presence like their tiny little hands or their voices and, yeah and equally her mother probably beforehand uh, her mom would have uh, agreed to being filmed to when she, before yeah, she had like Alzheimer's kind of thing. Yeah, like you would assume that she probably has a massive archive of yeah. her family and not everyone around her. Like she's clearly constantly filming. But so. showing her in that state and in a way as well, that it felt a little bit exploitative. Not when they visit the the farmhouse, but when she's like showing the picture. It's like, ah, oh, this oh, is that, me. The that kid. line whenever she's like. Um, She's like, that's who I married. Do you know him? And she's like, yeah, I've known him for my whole life. And it's a picture of her dad. It's yeah. like, yeah, that. That like, it moves you. And yeah, but like, it feels. It feels like there's certain like thing of human dignity that uh, it might have transpired. Yeah. yeah <clears throat> that uh, it might have crossed the line slightly. It's more, it's not the inclusion of her mom. Like I said, like the part in the ranch, because it is her also returning to her yeah, mother's yeah. ranch. So the point of that scene is not only her mother having Alzheimer's, mm. but also don't like even though we both know how constructed, and the movie doesn't shy away to show how constructed sh- shots are in yeah. in a documentary and how manipulated it is. Like even when the kid breaks into English and she's like, yeah. "No, uh, yeah, yeah, we, speaking we need your normal, this. Yeah, it's in so, your yeah. regular, your native language," mm. but especially the kids it's more that i always find the kind of weird using kids yeah. when it's in this term in this way especially when they don't have age even if you're like 12 or something yeah, you yeah. Understand no, they, what's they happening. have no real understanding like they're very young like when you first see them they're like toddlers yeah you know they're they're in nappies they're very very young but even there like i don't even have that much issue there because yeah. they kids change so much from when they're like toddlers to when they even become five or six that you wouldn't be able to recognize them yeah is that now they be able to be recognized and they're also saying things and doing things they're not yeah. only grabbing the camera and doing stuff like the the twins you know yeah so i don't know like um i, I know i know what you mean uh and i also know what you mean and how that it works it works within the film and i think it works kind of thematically as well because obviously there's kind of like a a real theme of kind of like uh mothers and birth and and you know like even from like the inclusion of her own mother and then the mothers in bosnia and their children and then like um the nurse in um uh, uh nigeria, nigeria yeah. uh, oh god the whole the whole thing like that whole sequence where it's a bit when she's like he needs oxygen and we don't have oxygen and you know that like she's there's nothing she can do and you know that it's just the baby's gonna die and she's so like just methodical you know like not that she can't feel but that she just well she can't f- she 
can't allow herself yeah. to feel at the moment because then when you have to deliver another baby in like an hour, later. yeah, yeah like, it's it's like there's no, but um, yeah, like I think that she's very, obviously at the start of this, she's pointing out that, you know, in a way it is a memoir. These are the parts of, of all the footage that she shot that have clearly stuck in her mind and she went back to find rather than say just like going through and going oh this is cool this is whatever you know yeah. yeah this speaks to my thesis or whatever like I think it's more from what I can gather of what she said of it she didn't edit this herself but more that these were the the moments that really stuck out to her and that she wanted to revisit and then they kind of constructed what was the sort of the theme of that after that I assume yeah. um but well like I, uh, all documentaries really you find the story in the editing yeah room, well like. yeah exactly but um yeah, I I agree with you, and I'm like, I think I'm probably more troubled by the mother than I am the children. Oh, well, so am I. Like, yeah, uh, and I don't know if that's because now we're so used to the fact that people put their kids all over Facebook and you know Instagram and everywhere, and you're you know you're constantly bombarded with pictures of other people's children, and I don't know if that's that sort of lessened it because when you think about it, like. You know, this is a general release film that she's putting out. It's not even just like her own public, her own private Facebook page or whatever, which is one thing. This is like another, and putting them within the context of quite a, you know, a very emotional points of her life, and it is problematic. I think I I do agree with you, but as well as you've said, you know, this is part of her point that she's making is that you know, it's very clear, and I think that's why it's this is so powerful as well is that. Not just that you're made very well aware of her presence by that she talks, the camera moves, you see her constructing things. It's the real mechanics of filmmaking, but that you could almost feel her straining and, you know, it's palpable her her, her kind of um, guilt as she's shooting certain things. And yeah. like certainly when the bits with her mother where and even just other things as well, where I see like the kid with the axe and you can hear her being like, fuck, fuck, but she doesn't do anything. And. You know what I mean? You, her presence is very, 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 um, it's very apparent. And I think like that, you're very much drawn into it, it even though you never see her. Yeah. And I, yeah, like it's, it's funny because like even as someone who like makes films and understands that everything has these little side shots and everything like, and I, one of my questions actually, um, was going to be if you had seen many of the documentaries, um, that she's like all this footage is taken from because obviously some of these are very very big well like <clears throat> i've seen the fahrenheit 9 11 obviously uh have you seen season four or um the no, one about no. campus assault is that her as well like there's a good few of these that are um then obviously there's smaller ones that are that are not as um because uh, i was curious because there's a few of these where i i recognized things not just like obviously Michael Moore turns up, but there's one as well on um, Derrida, whatever, which I think is so interesting. Um, but yeah, I was curious if if someone say hadn't seen any of these because there's no context really given yeah. to you're given small amounts of context for some things, kind of where they are, say. But you know, does it matter if you don't know? What well, I think the it's end... even more in a way. I don't think that it matters whatsoever because. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the footage would on, that is there, I bet, didn't end in the, yeah, any of the movies. Yeah, I think that's the point, yeah, that these are almost like bloopers that... And also, like, you, knowing, like, how documentaries are made, uh, we were talking about discovering the story in the editing yeah. suite, is that 
so much of documentaries just end up in the cutting room floor that mm. you're shooting hours and hours and hours of footage and then complete threads and stories just don't appear in the movie. So even the Bosnian one of the family, I can't imagine... The, the tiny amount of that that ended up in the... In the final part and also that it could be the nothing ended up in the final part because they were more focused somewhere else kind of thing. Yeah. Not that, that that ended. Like, uh, it's... I also I almost felt a little bit distracted. Like I I, I remember from the list that I'd seen a couple of the documentaries. Yeah. Uh, not as many, but it was just uh, the one part that I felt kind of jarring filmmaking wise was when Michael Moore actually showed up because yeah. I was like, okay, this is not to his blame, and especially in that moment, like it's not Michael Moore was doing okay, him. kind of thing. Yeah. But it was more that uh, it became that I started realizing what part of yeah. one movie you remember this is part the, kind of thing. You remember the section, you remember the guy, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of starts... It's interesting because it makes you re-examine all the rest of the footage. And I think it's, it might be more useful since it's like the best-selling documentary of all time. That is it still? I think so, yeah. Jesus. Like what would be the the one would have taken its mantle like i haven't seen a uh documentary that has been really maybe sickle but i don't think sickle made as much money as for high 9 11 in, inconvenient truth made a lot of money didn't it i don't know if i made that much money though. no 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 it wouldn't have like it yeah. didn't get released in three thousand theaters in america or something like that like, yeah, yeah like it had a wide release I like how big those movies were yeah and um they don't even they almost don't feel like documentaries anymore the michael murray films it's yeah the, they seem more <laughs> well like uh, as he goes along it becomes more like farcical uh, uh, parody yeah. of itself i don't almost. think i ever saw sicko and yeah no sicko is quite interesting but then again it, he does is that where he's like enamored with the nhs though and the how the comparison to the nhs and um and the american healthcare yeah. system is like slightly bizarre um but uh, yeah, yeah, it, I kind of agree with you that um, that's there was one other moment where that kind of happened to me. Um, I think it was probably the 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 Citizen Four, but where they have the the flash drive, even yeah. though it's so, you know, there's it's not like it's very, you know, there's no people, and it's literally they just concrete over it, and that's it. But like it's symbolic enough. Yeah. Of what, you know what I mean? What that actually means and the fact that it's all redacted, the location's redacted and everything. That was probably the other moment where I was a bit like, and then all of a sudden I was thinking about that other film. But other than that, because all of these feel, you know, like, they feel not separate, but very much accidental, but somehow perfect for this film, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, even though they were never made for this film, they were made for something else. They were taken for something else. It's like this strange collage of, of other things being made into like this a completely different thing, you know, but very much still within her uh, filming style because obviously like there is a documentary style, but she obviously has a very clear filming style of her own and there's a through line through it. Well, like it's uh, something that also uh, it came to mind and I wonder like, because you won't be able to answer this question is if you don't really have a knowledge on not only documentary filmmaking per se or yeah. filmmaking, but of the life of like reporters and Journalists like and, uh, yeah. foreign or even writers and stuff that, like that travel the world. Like I've read so many accounts of 
journalists going to Bosnia and like even yeah. for research for the film we did in college, but like a lot more just like even from was it War Dog the 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 book about the guy that is like a TV journalist that becomes like an addict. And, I uh, don't know that. Yeah. That's a really good book. The, yeah. Like he becomes like a war addict and like uh, McCluster, another documentary about war photographer, which is yeah. brilliant. But the, they really show like the how it feels to travel and not having a home. It's almost like nomadic, mm. and you come and in and out of these lives. You can, yeah. How long you can work on on a story or on a on a film? Obviously, I suppose often if you're a correspondent, you're in a place for a long time, or else you could be a correspondent that moves around. I suppose it kind of depends. I mean. But how long you can be in a particular story or on a particular project and then all of a sudden you're moving to the next one. And you're invading somebody else's life. You're making connections again. Often in very, very like, you know, war-torn or, you know, just places that are where the people as well as the landscape are completely destroyed. Yeah, when they stop like in the... the In the prison and they get stopped like by the, the, the guards. Like... That you know the story that led to that, making the connections, yeah. making everything else. So I filled in the, the, yeah. the blanks of everything. So everything had a lot more meaning yeah. than it was shown. So I wonder if uh, she's expecting her audience. Obviously, it is a rather quote-unquote artistic uh, documentary. Yeah. Like in the sense of the... Not that it is some kind of... Exper- it is kind of no, experimental, but it is way, not... But, but people kind of... Th- throw that word at it and I, I think it makes people think that it's more challenging than it is I think it's challenging because there are some tough scenes and yeah. I think it is they're you know they're it's an emotional film I well, think it's not a but documentary version of a razor head or something like no like I think that's the experimental is the wrong word like in form it is in, in a way even for a documentary it is but <laughs> the documentaries are tend to tend to be more experimental but at the same time, like, I I obviously, like, you know, I, I don't think either of us can really answer this question. And I think as well, we probably, well, we definitely have a, a higher tolerance for uh, movies that are slightly, well, more, <laughs> slightly more challenging. Um, but I don't know. I think that, I think that this film is able to, well, I, I don't know. We need, a, we need to get another person in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how did this make you feel? But um, I don't know. I, I'd be very interested to find out. But I, I think that it would still feel as impactful to someone who didn't... But, like, the movie would be different, though. Yeah, well, of I mean, course. But... It'd be like a di- it's not like... How can I put it? it, it just a callback that I know that you don't ever want to think about that movie again. But let's see, like <laughs> the, like the, your historical context of come and see yeah. and my historical context of come and see don't apply to that movie because yeah. it, it has the same impact. Doesn't matter what you know before you get into the movie. Yeah. But this one, what you read of... the movie completely different. It's like almost that like you're, if you're reading, uh, that we're reading the movie in like, if it is some like Thomas Pynchon book or something that we understand because we read all the other books yeah. or, or somebody that is just reading Gravity's Rainbow for the first time, which <laughs> I like your pension reference. Well, like, and by the way, um, I, I just because my brother will probably listen to this, uh, I did not finish Gravity's Rainbow. I'm not claiming that I finished. I gave up after a little while. I had my reasons. It's not that I dislike pension. 
Just making it clear. Shout out to Felipe. And also pinch on, like Paul Thomas Anderson would say. Um, <laughs> no, he's met him, so I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd be very, I'd be interested. Um, I agree with you though that it would be a different experience, but I don't think it would be a necessary negative one. I don't think that... Um, I am not saying no, that. No, no, I know. But um, like, I don't think, I, I don't want people to think that this is a very... Um, uh, you know, you have to be in the filmmaking club to really get this. Um, I think this really speaks to the universality of film and film as how impactful film can be. And uh, it kind of funny actually the scene where um, she like replays it for um, the Bosnian people. And it's so funny because they're sitting there and there's like this little laptop and they're watching themselves and it's like this really strange kind of meta moment. But um, uh, it made me think of um, that film. Uh, by Mark Cousins, that documentary. This is a story of children in film where he brought films to um children in Iraq who'd never seen films before. Yeah. And like made them make movies. And yeah, so, it was like yeah. a whole you know like it, this really really like you know amazing. Um, uh, I've never actually seen it, but I remember him talking about it. And it sounded fascinating. But um, you know, and, and like what what films do you pick? And like the power of of film, like not just even for just children, for like but for people in general. Um, so well, like it's uh, the filmmaking in the end is the most accessible storytelling yeah. method that there is that yeah. humans have yet to invent and that's why they're the, it is the most popular form of entertainment yeah because you you can show a movie to anybody mm. and they'll understand it yeah you know you can't give Oliver Twist to somebody that is illiterate yeah like you can give a like like I'm talking about good movies there movies that make no like, sense yeah. even when you know everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like a good movie you can get, give it like I watched movies in English without subtitles when I did not speak English I knew exactly what was going on in the movie yeah. and then well, we've, we've said that of films um, like on this podcast like films where if there was no dialogue you would still know what was going on like even you know like where very like really really good films are able to do that like just being able to use like the language of cinema like the visual elements and the the uh the sound um and i think actually sound is something that's it's interesting in this because of its like strange um it's all so ambient and obviously like unprofessional and yeah. often it's like on board camera obviously in documentary that's quite you know it's not an anomaly or anything but um and how they're blended into each other yeah and how often so much of this is just shots where it's just like the sound of the landscape or children playing or like the women chopping up the tree or whatever. And it's, oh, they were great. They were oh like, my God. oh my God. Like it, there's these two women so chopping funny. this dead tree in the middle of like <laughs> Uganda, it. like in the, the desert. And they're talking about like... It's in Darfur. Darfur, sorry. Yeah. And uh, they're talking about having been kicked out of their houses because of... Uh, like raiding military men and shit the that, they, that they call they refer to the bastards <laughs> and they're just laughing having like jolly good time and i was like oh, jesus i get like the bus is like 20 minutes and i'd be like pissing about it for like yeah they literally have these tiny little axes and it's an entire tree and they're just hacking at it to get firewood because they can't even buy firewood and they've been like driven from their homes and you know but there's just these women and they're there and they're like these these like amazing patterned dresses and they're just there like chopping and talking to the translator and laughing and you know it's like this just this little moment of like and this film Levity, is full, yeah. full of these moments as well like that 
Uh, and obviously these are the reasons why these stuck out in her mind, not just the moments that are particularly like heart-wrenching or heartbreaking or whatever, but the moments where she really connected with someone and, you know, like where it felt like that... The, you know, the reminder that you're dealing with other humans, not just yeah. subjects of your documentary. It was an incredibly depressing watch as well. It was like, after the... the yeah, well... <laughs> the actual what, onslaught of last week, I thought that... Well, perhaps... what did I say? I was like, I, I tried very hard to think of something cheerful, and I was like, yeah, and then I was like, I can't, because it would just... We should have just watched it happen one night again. <laughs> I don't know. I felt that it would have been wrong. I wanted something that was different to come yeah. and see, but not like tonally yeah, in another you, universe, you know? But then it's like when it got to, like after watching Come and See. Yeah. And I watched it like fairly close to when we recorded the podcast and I watched this like two days later. Oh, really? Shit. And then when they started talking about ethnic cleansing and stuff, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Not again, not another one. Like those shots where it's just all the places. Where the crimes have uh, taken uh, place. And it's that thing that I was mentioning to you from, like I think that the thread that has started like of places holding memories was when we were talking about uh, the Draftman's contract. Yes. That I started talking about like in the The context of Auschwitz and that thing. And I think that it's, Kind of like, I don't know, I know that it's not on purpose, but even with Secret of the Bee, uh, yeah. the Spirit of the Beehive that is like post-war Spain, so like all these the places hold yeah. like the the farmhouse that has been destroyed and there's like references to the farmhouse and letters going, remember all the good times we had mm. in the farmhouse, etc. So it's kind of weird how like that's, like permeating and more or maybe just for the fact of bringing it up we're able to see it more it's like i don't know which one is yeah, which I, I don't think it was the draftman's contract that started that though well it's the the first one that was brought up yeah specifically yeah on that i don't context. know because like that's the kind of thing that i've always been really interested in but that it's interesting how it yeah like that documentary of... that you made about uh the the abandoned house yeah. up in <laughs> it's, ba- it's basically this film um <laughs> but uh yeah so but it's it's that um yeah that's kind of funny it is a kind of a theme and it's interesting as well how it's moving across obviously like very different films and films that deal with it in very different ways as well like i mean <laughs> that's like three that are completely and utterly different yeah. like but um yeah that's kind of interesting and what's the of uh, all the moments in this film? What are, let's say, the two that you felt the most moving or gut wrenching or? Pro- I think definitely the bit with her mother when, um, she just when she says that about like you know oh that's the man I married and it's all ob- it's it's obviously like she can identify him because it's a picture of her husband like you know the filmmaker's dad quite young and it's like oh that's the man I married. And obviously she can recognize him because it's in the past, but she probably doesn't recognize him in yeah. the present. And so the fact that it's like, oh, do you know him? It's like, oh, it's like that. Yeah, yeah, I've known him all my life. You know, like that, just like that more than the lost look in her face. It's just the way she says it so brightly. Yeah. That, then the way, like what she says more more than kind of um, how lost she looks. Probably that. And then... I think the moment um, from, I think it's, I can't remember the name of the documentary, but it's a documentary by Alabama that she worked on, on um, 
the when they started basically closing down all the abortion clinics in I think it's Alabama, and uh, they there's very it's quite a short clip of that interview with a very young girl, and basically she's just talking about like her shame that she's already had a baby and you don't see her face because she wants to remain anonymous, but um so you just see her hands and she's just like wringing her hands like talking about the shame of um of uh the fact that she already had a child and then she let this happen like she tells you know she's pregnant again and she let this happen and you know like this is the only option for her and how like they start to kind of comfort her and being like you know no like this is not your fault and there's obviously like a doctor or something as well saying like no you know like this has all happened to us like and it's just the it's not very long but it's very it's it's and you can see her jeans and she's yeah. talking about like and like you know she's like playing with her top and everything and you know she's talking about how like you know she has a job and she's just she wants to be a paramedic and just make a good life for her daughter and everything and like it's this very short and uh yeah, yeah I, I know there's another one but I can't think of it now but um I I feel as well that there are probably different parts of this that would hit you at different times or different moods as well you know how sometimes very small things that aren't necessarily you know, because obviously like, the scene with where the baby basically dies in front of them is awful. You know what I mean? But it's almost like it's... And when the, she has to go and look for the for the midwife because it's like, oh, he's... Should we get her? Should yeah. we get her? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, shit, this is really depressing. Sorry. Um, What were your most... Um, I, like, I, I can't put the blame <laughs> on you now. Like, uh, I'm not... We're all at fault here. Be hypocritical of me. <laughs> Yeah, and this is not come and say either. Like, let's. Yeah, yeah. There's I mean, a, there's a lot there, of bright spots yeah, in this movie yeah. as well, and as well, like it's the the thing from inside out as well. The good memories come with sadness yeah. in, intertwined with them, and it's like how you gain appreciation for the good things, etc. God, Pixar's great. Uh, um. <laughs> the, for me, I think we're two parts in Bosnia. Uh, yeah, it was when the, she just shoots. Uh, a bit of the of the sports hall where the oh women were God, taken yeah, and, and the kids are playing ping pong yeah, or something the sound of it. and then it just cuts to like this the entrance but it's like that kind of balkan architecture or like mediterranean kind of architecture mm. that you have uh, tiles everywhere that is not like warm it's really like you can imagine the surface being cold mm. and horrible and after shooting for a bit and I was already feeling um, uncomfortable. Mm. It's when the text shows up saying that it's the sports hall that they've been yeah, referring to. Yeah, the par, par something. Yeah, partisan the, or par or something. Yeah, partisan. Partisan, yeah. And how even the name of a place starts taking a meaning that yeah. never had that meaning before. Even like places like Oma. Like now yeah. it's like for somebody that doesn't live in Oma, when you hear I'm, Oma, your first there. reaction is, it's the way I always got in school uh, when they felt that I was like, I'm slightly in a different culture than Ireland. When they went like, uh, the teacher goes, Saipan. And I went, oh, the World War Two. it was like a bloody battle in Saipan, you know? Yeah. And then everybody's like, no, it's uh, when Roy King quit the Irish football team during the World Cup. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you ever forget it. Um... And uh, at the other part, uh, changing, uh, tonally changing again, uh, going back to, like, most depressing moments in this movie is when he's, she's interviewing the the old lady. 
and oh, she's no. oh god she's yeah. trying to get to her what did they do to she her won't. in the past like nobody ever mistreated me nobody ever mm. did anything more and you can tell afterwards when she's sitting in the family that every woman in that family has admitted that something went wrong when they were yeah, taken to the... Yeah, she keeps saying it. She's yeah. like, I don't know what they said or, but nothing bad ever happened to me or my daughters or anyone. Like, you know, if you don't do anything bad, nothing bad will happen to you. And she's like beaming. Like, she's just, yeah. she's like squashed it down. And then after, but it's after even when she start, stops asking her, because she asked her the question like about once or twice. Yeah. She keeps repeating her answer, answer, and over and over, almost like a mantra. Yeah. And then it, it was kind of touching when uh, she starts asking clothes, about yeah. the clothes and how she wears her headscarf yeah because she's just it's so perfect and she's so she's like this neat little old lady and you see her making bread and she's like perfect expert Fold, like yeah. oh my gosh she works that dough it's unreal um and like you know and she's there in like this tiny little kitchen but everything's like perfect and neat and her clothes are perfect and like she's yeah it's it's um like that whole that whole section and like that that's almost more powerful than whenever they interview the woman who was actually in the sports club yeah. as well like where it's like yeah it's because it's a different way of dealing with trauma yeah. the uh, you're more used to seeing the reaction yeah. of the of the lady that actually went through it yeah but also it was like the interesting point of the the translators that they take the uh, the historians the yeah. they're taking this trauma and just keeping it in there's nobody that they can push their trauma toward like yeah. that they have ptsd hundreds and hundreds, of, and hundreds of stories just listening and this over and over that and your job is to hear five days a week 52 weeks out of the year hearing people telling you how they were raped tortured mistreated how their families were shot and killed yeah and you're there like i I can barely do it for fucking 90 minutes I, I take my hat off to them and i think that it is important not to forget those things yeah and i think that but it was so in- so interesting because when she says it you're like don't even think of that or even like of the filmmakers like people who work on these projects for so long and they're with these people and with these stories you know for how much however much time and how like what do you do with that information those stories those people's faces those you know like it's you, it's almost like you forget it and you sort of think about like oh you know like the ethics of it and the exploitation of it or whatever and it's i think it's interesting about this film is that she doesn't come down heavily on either side i think that she's sort of asking questions bringing up questions that i think she's asking herself yeah. as much as anything else and i don't think she answers them and I think that it's like that death of hand throughout the movie that it is very not naturalistic because it is, makes a point to show the artificiality of it all. Like yeah. even but it has a very it has a flow. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, even like, the things that <clears throat> that are revisited and the things that aren't, and where they fall within the film. I think that because um, it's like an hour and forty minutes or so. I think and it flies by as it well. It does like fly as a by. Good yeah, clip. yeah. Especially for something that has no true Thoroughline yeah as well it's more a collection of it's uh, photographs it's almost like reading like yeah watching a, f- a scrapbook but or much something much more involving than that sounds this movie doesn't have big moments it yeah. has like it's an accumulation of tiny little moments and i think it's what makes it good and like uh, a like a memory like yeah. like a 
yeah like some yeah we always go back to memory yeah as well, well that, that's like, uh, that's what i was thinking earlier when you were saying about like the memory of places and like memory is one of the most powerful things when done well within cinema yeah. that like it's such a like intangible like you know undescribable thing but that you can almost you know render it in the visual of cinema yeah, it's so the, it's this it's the true incredibly magic. powerful human it's the real magic of filmmaking yeah. That it, you can create a memory on someone to refer back to that, it, like that memory never existed. Like that, you can feel watching a movie about, let's say, um, a couple that are like in their forties now, mm. okay, and they're talking about when they're teenagers or whatever. You never met them. You've never even seen them in this movie as yeah. when they were a teenager, and you can feel. See the memory, you can feel the nostalgia of it, you can understand the travel that the characters have been, etc. The journey. And like in documentary, if you're able to manage that, it gives a visceral feeling that is even bigger than in a narrative documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that it's powerful in this that she manages it over, like often in very, very, very short clips without context. Yeah. Like and where they're placed in the very particular points that the in and out points of each section and yeah. like often you're with people for very little time and you get a full sense of them. Obviously they're real people which helps, but it takes a real skill to be able to elicit that kind of like understanding and And also to allow the the person to open up to you so it's yeah what, or to the camera I can't remember what documentary uh, documentary and said that uh, if you have somebody on camera for an hour you have to spend 20 hours with that person before you put them on camera yeah just to, to get... create that uh, level of trust that they're able to open like the kid is opening up about his brother dying and like his head <laughs> missing and yeah like, oh, but you see the little the moment yeah. when they're on the um the ferris wheel yeah like ricketiest looking it's really fast oh jesus, jesus and you're just like oh that ferris wheel i i, I thought that I, it could be a euthanasia machine oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny like just uh very briefly brief tangent um I think I brought this up before. There's an interview with um, the guy who did OJ Made in America and um, talking about he did a documentary about for... I think it was That's for the OJ Simpson, the orange juice, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> made in California. Um, the juice. Uh, where he did a documentary, I think for ESPN as well, because that was like what the 30 for 30 yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, he did yeah. one on Larry Bird. And uh, I didn't really know anything about Larry Bird. This is the only real context of Larry Bird that I've ever had. But basically that, he had very little time with him. And Larry Bird is a very, obviously he's a massive dude, but like he's very oppressive. Like you can't, cannot get him to open up. He had very little time with him. And the thing he knew he needed to get out of him was that uh, Larry Bird's dad had killed himself whenever he was a child. And he needed to get this information out of him. And like how, just him talking about it as a documentary filmmaker, like the... The, the like the weird like not quite manipulation but like how whenever you don't have the time you get to that point with someone who does not want to talk about something very traumatic very closed off like it's just like really interesting really 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 great if you like if you care about documentaries at all you should listen to that interview because yeah. he's really really interesting guy post it in the in the notes yeah I will because it's long form as well and people should just listen to long form anyways uh, just uh, because it is a big topic in the movie kind of just on the on the side yeah. touched upon is feminism mm. and i was wondering particularly as a camera person 
and a woman. Yeah. What are your takes on the views? Or do you think it is a feminist piece of work? No, saying that it's like just yeah. that. Yeah, it's well, I don't, so many things. Yeah, but... I don't know whether it's like that she set out to make it as um, to make a feminist statement or I you know I think it's just there on the side because well yeah because like she's a woman woman in a very male dominated profession but it's an interesting sort of like in the background of this is that obviously documentary is one of the few areas where women are able to break through into bigger roles like um director like cinematographer like and you know because obviously Things like producing their lower pay. Uh, um, things like producing um, are obviously uh, you know more female dominated, but you can see that like in the background of this, like um, the Citizen Four is obviously um, what's her name, Poit- Poitus, um, and Poitus? there's there's <laughs> uh, who's Poitus, um, <laughs> but. Uh, you, there's another scene as well. I think whenever they're going to the prison, um, and you can hear that it's obviously like you can hear a woman talking in the background. Like there's there's an awful lot of these where you can she's talking to another woman. Like not just that they're a the translator or whatever. That there's obviously like other women involved in this, um, which is sadly a very very rare thing. <sighs> Do you want to make any kind of like grand statements along the lines of that? Maybe if this has been made by a man, there wouldn't have been as many. If stories you know like there wouldn't have been as many sort of like things included where they'd enter you know like the, the things that say like the women chopping down the trees or whatever like it you know we can't really make that judgment but even just the fact of the through line of motherhood and you know like the 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 different generational thing of that um i feel like that feels like a very female led part of this and in that way i think that this is a good thing for people to watch just that it is so female dominated, but not in a way that she's ever pointing out or anything. But that's but there why is... I think, that's why I think that it is a really feminist piece of work. Yeah, Like it's not, it's not and like trying to be in another way. Like the difference is that if I think that a dude would have made the probably like maybe gone in the same situations had, uh, had the same material. Let's say, okay? Yeah. Same footage, same interactions almost or whatever. But it's that she never calls attention to the fact that they're women. Yeah. Like, I don't think that ever in the entire movie, the word woman or the the word, like, because of being a woman or no. because of the... No. So you're just dealing with, like, female well, issues not, as just that they're, like, no. matter of fact yeah, that there's, not, like, half the population... Yeah, that's not have patronizing. Gone through, yeah. And that she obviously as well, like like the whole thing of like like rape as a as a war tool, like a tool of war or whatever, like that, you know, like that happens to be a part of the documentary that she was making, you yeah. know, like but then they discuss it, but it's not it's never like highlighted as yeah. like this is, you know There's never oh you're such a brave woman kind of uh, moment. Yeah, yeah, like, oh aren't you strong? Aren't you a strong woman? You know, like it's yeah, I think as well, like... But um, then again, just to make a quick comment, is I think it's, it shows the sorry state of affairs that we live in. Uh, just uh, by yeah. having that many female characters... Not characters, female... It, it becomes uh, a thing because it's so yeah. rare. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think that like it's a shame that more people never saw this. Not just because, A, it's great, but... And, like, 
if I think that even just like sort of challenging how documentaries are made and thinking about it and but at the same time not sort of saying that because things are constructed that they don't have value um but even just like to watch this and go like uh, that that's a woman out and going to these like incredibly dangerous places and it's the kind of role where people would go you know, mm, you know. Especially a lot of places women that in, women, women are not exactly respected. Yeah, and it's like mm, women in the military, women, and you're like going out to these, like, you know, and it's sad that the idea of. But it even makes me think of like Catherine Bigelow and how she still gets the whole she makes very masculine movies thrown at her. You know what I mean? And it's like, like this, you know, we're still here. Yeah. You know, and it's sad, but at the same time, I'm glad this film exists and. I wish that more people would see it for that reason, yeah. as well as other reasons. And uh, mm. was there any moments that rang untrue for you in the movie? Like within the film or in yeah, a... Yeah, within the film. Mm. I don't think so. I remember initially the parts of the boxing felt strange like the the very first one yeah and then whenever it comes back to it it makes sense it kind of it makes sense but i remember initially i was a bit kind of like then i was like ah it all you know what i mean like where it's funny how like if you if you laid out scene by scene back to back like on a piece of paper and you read them you'd be like how is this one you know what i mean like it's cutting like to like with the the strange like holy ballet that they're doing like it's literally like girls in like wedding gowns, basically dancing around, like you know, singing Jesus it's, music. It's Easter, isn't it? Because he's gone from the cross, isn't that what that I is? I don't know. Like, like, yeah, whatever. It's like where the things draped over. It's I one think. thing that I kind of <laughs> like forgot absolutely about everything. For some fucking reason, I can forget my own name and yet not forget the words of all the prayers and what day Jesus died on. But anyways, um, yeah, like it's it it shouldn't. That's a uh, Christmas day, isn't it? That's why we celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, he's dead. Um, no. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Dionia Institute. Dun, 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 dun. Let's get some hate mail. Um, <laughs> uh, There's no such thing as bad publicity. Uh, I want them on our Facebook page. Just get <laughs> just put like the clip of uh, David Beckham saying that I got death threats. <laughs> but. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, any moment that rang untrue. Uh, but you have after having watched the whole thing and then watched it again, yeah. I don't think so. There's one moment that got me and I was well, like, I knew that no. You, I knew you were asking the question no. for a reason. No, I was just wondering if you yeah. caught it as well. It's when the, she's recording that personal documentary with the woman clearing the boxes and she starts milling the boxes. Do you think it boxes. goes on for too long? yeah like like it captures the, the amazing moment when oh, she starts snow. like screaming at the snow just collapses from the, the roof yeah and it's like okay for that the sense of um serendipity that i was talking about early on like it really captures the moment and just but, the real life element of it that they end up laughing because yeah it's so ridiculous but you know it's beforehand you like there's a moment that you can tell the director because the director is doing like a michael uh more kind of thing that she including herself, herself yeah. in the documentary the she has a moment that you can tell that uh she's thinking what would make a good scene here yeah and she starts playing the scene and in the beginning, it's like there was a little bit of catharsis. And then it's like, oh, fucking keep going, keep going. But it's not only, you know, if it was real, it's like 
fucking De Niro punching and raging bull the wall. It's not not even a real moment, but because it's sold so well. Yeah. They he's punching there for like ten like a three minutes going why 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 punching the wall and you're like oh the hands or whatever it yeah. hurt and in this case it's like in the beginning it's like a bit of catharsis and then it could have, if if it was true emotion that I felt. It could have gone for it's, for longer. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. weird thing because it's it's her emotion is real, but at the same time being influenced by the fact that the camera's there yeah. and that she's also involved yeah. in the making of it. Not just that she's giving an interview because everyone's influenced by the yeah. the role of the the presence of the camera, but that it's her own. You know, it's it's this. That it's, she's constructing the scene uh, yeah, herself he, as well. but at the same time, still mingled with real emotion. That she, you know what I mean. But yeah, I think it it's interesting. What about that scene of why she keeps saying, like, you know, now I, f- I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble. That I have to clean this up. That I, that it's it's almost fake because it's it's sort of that she's almost playing it up, but also fake because she knows it doesn't help. Yeah, you know what I mean. That. That now all she thinks is that her mother would tell her to tidy it up and her mother's gone. So it's those, it's a weird... And without being prompted because... Uh, yeah. B- uh, uh, she doesn't say much, really. Uh, what's your favorite thing? Probably the those little moments, not just of, of like serious of serious emotion, but the small light little moments of, of um, like the women cutting down the tree or, or you know, like just like the woman making her bread and... Like the little small moments that are them as watching the movie, they're yeah. as human as the real emotional moments. Them with the grandpa, yeah, with the grandpa yeah, stuff, like yeah. that whole thing where they're just out in the yard or whatever, and they're just running around, and you know, like they find like the dead bird, and you know, like these little moments. That was of... a shitty funeral. <laughs> just throws him under the trees, and he nourishment for the fucking tree. I love him though, cause he's such like. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like grandpa you know <laughs> but um the grandpa uh, grandpaist grandpa yeah <laughs> literally like, he even had like high trousers and everything he was like probably but, be um, like a, if you open a dictionary with a picture yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. the man i married <laughs> my favorite thing was uh the shot of the lightning because it's just not only the feeling of trust, but it's the, the movie does this over and over again. But in this case, it's the first one. So it's the first one they got. Is that it does something that is incredibly difficult. It creates incredible sense of humanity when nothing happening on screen really. Mm. There's no people on screen, and there's no dialogue in the background. It's just. A little human moment that you can imagine, like her emotion. The exact exact. amount of time. Like, it's the shot is the exact length it should be. Like, you're there for just the right amount of time. And when it happens, you're like, oh. And you can feel, like, the elation of, like, having got, like, I I got jammy. Because as well, like, the lining goes, it's not only that she gets the lining, it's that it goes right in the correct framing of it all. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, that was my favorite one. What's your least favorite thing about the movie? Yeah, well, it, I mean, like it's bad because it makes you feel bad, but at the same time, it's good because it's making you question. I suppose like the sort of uncomfortable feeling that you get watching this and how close she is to certain things, and um, you know, like the lack there in certain instances, the lack of her um, having like a threshold in between the two. Kind yeah, of thing. and and that thinking of what you would have done or you know especially like as people who make 
films and you know like I've never been in any of these kinds of situations but like where sometimes that you do end up with that where the camera is a real weird barrier for you and that, yeah. that you kind of hide behind it and yeah what are you are you uh, like are you involved in the situation or, or are not, you not yeah. yeah it's like the photographer that killed himself that took the picture of the kid dying oh in, yeah uh, with the vulture yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I was thinking of that. My least favorite thing is not the ethics or anything else because I feel that it's part of the argument. I think mm, it's just yeah. a, it's a almost a disagreement, but at the same time, it makes it's like do, do you break ethics to create the argument or not? Yeah, it's a and that's it's, like a whole yeah, other thing. You can write an entire fucking dissertation just on <laughs> the really ethics. You're really Oh, I wish I was in college. College. Ethics, Leo. You know what uh, I talked about in fucking the ethics question and whatever that exam was? Well, fucking um, catfish. Oh, okay. Catfish. Like, Jesus, this is so much better than catfish. Catfish, catnip, compared to this. Oh, yeah. Sick burn. Uh, my least favorite thing is one of the final shots, if not the final shot, that is her following different people in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, Liberia or somewhere yeah, there. yeah and it goes from one person then to the other then to the other then to the other and it's uh, the issue I have there is that she's nailing in the head the theme of the movie as the last fucking point yeah. that is like oh everybody has a story yeah so do I we but I'm behind the camera someone. yeah exactly <laughs> he's next and yeah. I was like oh, come on it's so unnecessary it's yeah. like uh, in a film that doesn't really do that it's like I've complained about few issues in a movie but it's really nitpicking really is that sometimes in the movie they create it succeeds by creating emotion and then you add intellectual thought to why it created that emotion yeah it is harder to like to talk about the good things than the the easy things that you can grab onto that is what you disagree with yeah you know because this is a movie that is very visceral even though because there's no thor line you're not thinking about like plot or or even like how the film is being made kind of thing which is so strange because it's because it's the point of the movie yeah and then you start seeing like and then she goes back to like a, a weird zoom yeah. That you usually will cut out, cut out, yeah. and this is like no, uh, there's somebody operating this camera. Yeah, which the purpose of cinema usually is to hide that yeah. or make a point of it that is really obvious. Like in Harlan County, it's like oh, they're shooting at us, da, 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 yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Like what, like what country we're living, in, what life we're living in that we like everything is like somebody's getting shot. It's a joke. It's it's so quaint, uh, but yeah, like yeah. um. um <laughs> That, that's my thoughts on the movie okay. anyways well, I'm very, uh, I'm glad thank you for the, the, the pick it was a good pick and I do think it was a good transition from commentary uh, yeah it, like, felt, uh, it felt like the right time as well because you can't just go straight into this I think well well you can like it's a movie yeah. that I think that it'd be very easy to watch I think that my I friend of mine kind of like had uh, I can't remember why I put her in going to USA first though I don't know why because this is far better. Like the like Harlan County it is, is interesting. I don't know. There's. I mean, I think this is a better film, but I still love Harlan County USA. No, like don't get and me I wrong. Think that it that's is another very underrated film. Harlan so County kinda... is very good. Yeah. 
This is great. Yeah, it is great. Well, that was camera person. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter at The Rec Game. You can also email us at therecommendationgame at gmail.com. And you can find us on Dublin Digital Radio's Mixcloud and on Dublin Digital Radio at 11 to 12 on Mondays. And if you want to donate to independent radio like this, uh, <laughs> which Ricardo has not done. Uh, <laughs> I have. You can... You can <laughs> You can be like Orla and uh, donate to Dublin Digital Radio's Patreon. Promise that um, I don't fucking edit this, so I know that this is gonna be in the fucking final show. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Name and shame. I'll take the point. Next week's film is Ricardo's pick. Ricardo, what are you picking? Logan. Interesting. Interesting. Nice little callback there to other westerns. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I was Orla McNeilis. I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. Cheerio. See you next week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs>